have a question for you. Brady, this is the news show, not no, the I, uh, I have questions show. I know, but I have a question for you anyways. I will try and answer. How? Okay. They were debating this on the on the radio the other day. I was in my car, driving to the office, listening to the radio as one does sometimes, and uh, and and they were debating this, and it kind of got me thinking, and 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 I don't know, made me question my own opinions on it, and and I think I've reached my opinion, and so now I'm just curious because I I, I don't really talk to anyone else in my life other than you and Pete. So, if I'm going to debate something, it's going to be with one of you. And I'm totally good. At some point, I'm going to get Pete's opinion on this as well. But Pete's not here, man. So, the pressure's on on you. So, in North America, and I don't know if this is, like, also in, in like, European countries or other cultures or whatever. But in North America, there is sort of this older tradition of when a man, again, and there's going to be all sorts of things in what I'm about to say that are going to sound like, you know, patriarchal and like this old way of d- doing things and blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I don't mean any of it to be. I just historically, the tradition has been that a man proposes to a woman. Right now, it, there's nothing wrong with a woman proposing to a man, yada yada. But like, if you're if you're looking at throughout history, who has you know how has it gone more often than not? Well, more often than not, the man has proposed to the woman. And there's kind of this like old tradition where the man prior to proposing to the woman will go and talk to his girlfriend's father. And sit down with him and essentially ask for permission to ask his daughter to marry him. More of a blessing than permission. Well, yes, I would say it's sort of turned into, uh, it's sort of turned into that more of a blessing territory. But it definitely, like if you're, if we're going back to the roots of it, it was more of a, I would like permission. Yeah. And I don't think it happens near as much anymore. I think it's sort of a, a, a dying tradition. Um, but I was curious, A, when you proposed to your wife, did you do that? Did you go to her father, sit down and say, Look, this is what I'm I'm this is what I want to do. Can I have your blessing? Can I have your permission? Um and and if yes or no, regardless, what are your thoughts on this? Um, on whether or not it's something that should be done? I feel like you know the answer to this already. Uh, I have a hunch. Because we've got some history. But so I, yes, I not only <clears throat> asked for permission or the bless, her, my father-in-law and mother-in-law's blessing once, I actually did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it twice. <laughs> and we won't get too much. We won't I'll, get too I'll just much quickly pull back, pull back the curtain a little bit for those who these, aren't. These two incidents were separated by life. several years. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, uh, me and my wife dated for a, quite a while, and then I like I thought it's time to move on the right step. I bought a ring. Yep. 
things I seem like they're going for the blessing. And then like the day I was planning on proposing, I realized we're not on the same page. And a week later she broke up with me and that was hell. <laughs> and then four years later we got back together and got married and I had, to, <laughs> I felt like I had to do it all over again. The sequel. So the sequel I, I did it twice. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, so obviously it's, it's something yeah, yeah. you're in favor of then. You think it's a good, yeah, I mean, healthy, I'm, smart tradition. I'm I'm pretty traditional in my thinking. Mm-hmm. And some of those kind of traditionalist thoughts, I don't have a lot of, like I've had conversations with my wife about this, like uh, the wife taking the last name of the husband. Sure. Right. Yep. Like, I'm, I think that that's how it should go. I'm not forcing my wife to take my name and she right. hasn't. Um, and she's not it. She doesn't really want to. No, I wouldn't either. No. But I, and I'm, but I, I, and in our conversations, like I don't really have any good reason why it should be this way. I just, right. this is the way I feel like it should be. Yeah, but then I'm not uh, outside. I'm also, of, not like that's the way it's always shoving been. it. Like I'm not. I'm not going to force her to do something she doesn't want to do. Right. That's well. There's, you there's probably no wouldn't be able that. to, anyways, because I know your wife yeah. and she's pretty headstrong and, and yeah. in well, a good we wouldn't way. Be married and, if yeah. She'd kick <laughs> yeah. You. I'd be worried about but, you uh, anyway. Um. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, in the case of this, I think there are some uh, strong merits for why it should be. Uh, we won't get into it. Why? No, why a no. guy should be the one to propose, and reasons why he should be, especially if there the parent the parents are kind of in the picture in a especially in a kind of loving or meaningful way. Mm-hmm. That there should be some a conversation there. So here's here's a question then for you because I'll pull the curtain back. I have landed on the fact like so I I was married before. Yep. And I did the same thing as you. I only did it once. I only had to do it once. Um, <laughs> like but I, I did I did go to her parents ahead of time and, and say, you know, this is blah, blah, blah. And maybe I did things a little bit out of order because, like, I already had the ring and I, like, showed it to them and, and stuff like that. But, you know, like, I don't know, whatever. Um, but I think ultimately now I've landed on I I don't like it. I don't like the, I have some issues with the tradition. And if I were ever to propose again, um, I don't think I would do it. And further to the point, if someday I have a daughter, I wouldn't want, and I would be very uncomfortable if someone who she was dating came to me and ask permission or blessing or, you know, what have you um, to marry her. And I'll tell you why. So, well, so my question for you then is what would you have done if you hadn't gotten that blessing? Like, what would you have done if, you know, what, this is, this is the girl for me. She loves me. I love her. We've had conversations about it. We both want to spend the rest of our life together, you know, so on and so forth. And then you go to the parents for their blessing, which at that point, you're probably thinking is more of a formality because it's, you know, this thing's locked and in the bag, yeah. here we go. And then her parents said to you, no, we don't give you our blessing. What would you right. have done? Well, I mean, yeah, hypotheticals are 
conversations are are hard to predict how you're rationally going to act if you're going to rack sure no but i mean would you go okay well i can't in my mind in my mind the way it would play out would be during that conversation where i ask if 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 the answer is no i would i would make it clear that well i'm i'm still gonna ask her and hopefully we're gonna get married but i mean can like can you explain to me why like what are your reasons? What's your hesitation? Because if what do you mean you don't like my the only beard? the only person the only person that knows you better than you is your parents. If your parents have done right. their job, um, well, so I, in some, I I would say sometimes that's I can't you can't yeah. really make that generalization. If but. if if there's a good relationship there, I would mm-hmm. say I'd say that would be true. Uh, it's not always the case, but. In, in in my per case, it would be, I would say. So if if her parents see something that is amiss or is a red flag, I would want to know about it. What's the red sure. flag that makes you cautious about this union? Mm-hmm. Sure. Because I want to know about it. Yeah. So that I can do something about it potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, yeah. And then, yeah, I would, I would still go ahead with my plans, but <laughs> yeah. Well, the, it, the yeah. answer would be yes from her and, and not break up with me a week later, but <laughs> right. Yeah. And well, and um, so I think ultimately like, that's what it comes down to for me. Like if I look back to the origins of this tradition, like if you go way back, like, what is this tradition rooted in? And it is. It's rooted in a time where, and this isn't like you can look it up because I have been and 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 reading about this. Um, and it all makes sense. Like, it, you know, it's sort of what I read just sort of already confirmed what my suspicions already were, is that this comes from a time where, you know, your it was a very patriarchy kind of thing, right? Where you literally did need the permission to, like, that ownership of the daughter was being passed from the father, from one male figure to another male figure, right? And this is old. This is like, I'm talking like old, 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 right? Like little house on the prairie crap, but... That, that, you know, the origins of it yeah. is... Those people wouldn't look at it as ownership as much as they would look at it as responsibility, though. Um, no, well... The responsibility of taking care of the individual. There certainly was a time that's, where that's it was probably more... probably the way they would perceive No, that. there certainly was a time, especially in, in like, across the seas, like in England, where uh, it w- <laughs> was very much more ownership. And that's just, that's just history. I, that's I not my opinion. T- there There's... I would have a hard time I have a hard time swallowing that as a truth. You you can't say okay. that for sure. <laughs> I mean, what you can look it up for saying. yourself. I can't say for sure what people were thinking. Neither of us can be sh- no one can for 100%. No, I mean th- these are history I mean, books. Like I'm not as as a father, as and as a as a child of somebody and and like, I I can't I can't see somebody looking or as and as a husband. I can't I I'm not I'm never going to look at my 
wife as a property. She's my no, and that's wife. why I'm, I'm talking her, her hundreds it's, of years ago. I have a responsibility to her as much as she has. Absolutely, a and, absolutely. And they didn't have the same rights. Yes, but I I don't think people an individual would look at their daughter or their wife as ownership as much okay. as they would responsibility. Anyway, well, I am, I am, I implore you to do your own research and, and look up the history and, and blah, blah, blah. But regardless, so my thought, the reason why I wouldn't do it and, and the reason why I wouldn't do it is because it comes out of why I wouldn't want someone, I wouldn't want someone dating my daughter to do it either because as a father, your hope in life, one of your primary goals as the father of a, of a beautiful little girl is to raise a girl or a boy or whoever, right? But to raise a child who is able to make their own smart decisions is able to pursue the things that they want in life and to, you know, to have the wherewithal to either realize when a situation is right for them and when a situation isn't right for them. Whether or not the parents are on board with it, whether or not the parents like the guy, I mean, sometimes you're not going to like the person your kid marries, but ultimately, my thought is, if if a guy ever came to me and said, "I would like to, I would like to ask your daughter to marry me," I would immediately look at him and say, "Then this is a conversation you need to be having with my daughter, not me, not me." Because at the end of the day, if my daughter likes you. If my daughter is happy with you, if my daughter has chosen you and wants to spend her life with you, then regardless of whether or not I think your jokes are funny, regardless of whether or not, you know, like X, Y, Z, then, then that needs to be good enough for me. Then I'm happy. If my daughter's happy, then I'm happy. Now, if there's stuff where like, well, she's always crying whenever she's talking to you, or we have reason to believe that you are beating her up or whatever, I still don't think that that applies to this scenario because something has gone horribly amiss if these concerns haven't been brought up prior to, hey, I'm thinking about marrying her. <laughs> right? Like, if, if, if there are big issues afoot, then either they're serious enough to bring up, in which case, as a parent, you should have already discussed those with your daughter, like, hey, we have these concerns about the relationship you're in, regardless of, of the prospect of nuptials. Or they're minor little nitpicks. Yeah, you know, you don't really like them. Eh, it's something about them. Something about them, we don't really like them. In which case, it doesn't matter. Keep that to yourself. That's, 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 it's not your relationship. It's not your, you know, it's not whatever. But ultimately, yeah, I think that's, I think that's where I've landed. And I'm, I'm not going to try to convince you. I don't want you to try to convince me. I just, it, it was, it was something that was interesting on the radio. And yeah, my thoughts on it were like, yeah, I did it. But why, the first time, why did I do it? Well, because yeah, it just kind of seemed like the thing that people do, 
right? That was, yeah. that was, I don't know. It just seemed you, you do this and then you buy the ring and then you talk to the parents. And then like, I was doing it not because, because I thought about it. And it was something I truly believed in. I was doing yeah. it because I would, because I, 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 I would, thought that that's I, just what you do. I think my, my main kind of rebuttal to that would just be as a parent, you have a kind of a responsibility for, of care for your, for your children. It doesn't matter whether they're two, they're 10 or they're 30. You, you sure. have some responsibility to care for them. Sure. And in my mind, uh, does, regardless of where it's come from, the sort of that, that, asking for a blessing is has become more of a uh do you trust me to to hand all over that responsibility of care to me sure but i, I think that's what it's more becoming what yeah. it, what it should be um uh you know like and a lot of what it used to be was um yeah like um pre-arranged marriage kind of kind of ideas kind of stuff yeah uh, kind of stems from that which i mean if you look at marriage statistics today north american marriage statistics are haunting okay the, we're the, hang on like we're the, going down the, a path here we're also saying yeah, 18 but, but minutes but just, in and we look, haven't actually like, started the show pre-arranged marriages in in uh other countries the percentages of those marriages lasting a lifetime are through the roof. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> by comparison. yeah, but are but they anyway, happy marriages? I mean, there's all rooms. kinds of things that we're not, yeah. but regardless, yeah, hello and welcome to the movie other... men podcast. <laughs> hello and welcome are to we the, the movie, movie men, men podcast? podcast. I feel like we're turning into something else. Anyway, we're well, the B team. <laughs> it's sometimes, you know what? Anytime Pete and I have gone off the rails and we go on these tangents that have nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, there's there's been a lot of positive feedback like people are like no nah, man talk about shit yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm up for lively discussion as long as it's um yeah civil respectful both ways yeah. yeah 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 i respect yours if you respect mine yeah did you say the b anyway, team yeah i don't know that you said the b team did you i said the b team yeah well you just didn't we're do it team. in a very carl-esque way i think uh, we're the b team there we <laughs> go uh <laughs> my name's brady and i'm carl and uh, aside from being a social norms debating podcast, we're also a movie podcast. And uh, we are here doing another weekly news show. And Let's this is a special week. <laughs> it's a special week. And it's not like a special week because, uh, you know, there's any like one big crazy thing. It's just a special week because the news this week is there's like some spicy news. There's some some hot topics that I'm excited to talk about. I, to be 100% honest with you, to pull the curtain back, I would say there's never been a week where there's not at least one or two good topics to talk about. But there have been weeks where it's like, okay, there's two great topics to talk about. Okay, let's find a couple others that sort of seem yeah. like they're the, worth chatting the show about. The notes in this newsworthy. one are pretty... They don't. They don't stand out to me. I on like the first one. I like the first one. You like the Just first one because my imagination runs wild from the article you linked. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah. there's a so bunch of things that we're. 
It's a bunch of things we're going to talk about, and ho- hopefully I can uh, liven up the remainder of the topics for you. Um, but so let's just jump right in. So as we've talked about uh, numerous times on the show, for some godforsaken reason, they are returning to the Gladiator franchise and are currently in the process of filming Gladiator 2. Now, I have been not a proponent, but I've been a defender of studios returning to old franchises and doing a legacy sequel to them. Um, If for no other reason than simply on the merits of, "Eh, it's good business. It makes sense. You know, if 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 it's a beloved enough franchise and you can do it in a way that is going to maybe not be better than the original, maybe not even be quite as good as the original. But if you can do it in a way that is still going to captivate a new audience as well as take care of and entice your returning pre-existing audience for that franchise, then it makes good business. Then the the crapshoot on that film financially is much more in the studio's favor than if they're doing some sort of brand new IP that people don't know about. And, and you know, that's a gamble. And so if for no other reason, then eh, it makes good business sense. I've I've been yeah, I've been a defender of that decision. Gladiator seems like a weird one to me. I don't know why. I think it's because there's only one like there's only one Gladiator. It's like it, it's not the second one is what's going to turn it into a franchise. It's not yeah. already a franchise. On top of that, the story kind of wraps itself up pretty it's not pretty asking for another one t- t- yeah yeah it, like there's there's i don't think there's a single real loose end in that film no like no everybody so, dies so where are the loose ends <laughs> yeah so basically our well, spoilers for gladiator no um so essentially i mean i think what we can all extrapolate from that is a gladiator 2 is going to probably tell a whole new story. I mean, it's it's pretty yeah. much going to have to. Um, but news came out last week that uh, there was a little bit of a mishap on set. While Ooh, filming a it? planned stunt sequence on the set of Glad- the Gladiator sequel, an accident occurred during which several crew members experienced non-life-threatening injuries. A spokesperson for Paramount Pictures said, the safety and full medical services teams on site were able to act quickly so that those who were impacted immediately received necessary care. They are all in stable condition and continue to receive treatment, but a total of six people were put in the hospital. Like, not just it's six people, I mean, maybe more than six people were injured, but six people were injured to the point where we're not just doing some first aid or on set for you. Maimed or dismembered in some fashion. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb because I, I assume it, there's been nothing about what the stunt is or yes. or the yeah. nature of the injuries. Now, Which is I assume why we're this both is so to intriguing speculate. to me. Yes. I assume we're both going to speculate. My speculation (laughs) is... uh, 
I mean, you start thinking about like what are the things that can go wrong on a set, but then more specifically, what are the things that could go wrong on a set of of a film that is is this type of period piece, right? And I think it doesn't completely rule it out, but I think the fact that this is like an ancient Rome film set sort of really diminishes the idea that it was burns or some sort of explosions, right? right? Now, that's not to say that you couldn't, maybe there's there's some pyrotechnics being done for it's some sort of gladiatorial fight where there's flaming pillars of it. Like, I, I don't well, know. It first, could be burns. In the first gladiator that we see some like Roman military combat in the beginning. So like, yes. it could be, there could be some explosions in that from like there could be explosions in that right something. but it certainly diminishes it in the sense yeah. of like it it's less likely that it was an explosion gone wrong than if we were talking about like a world war 2 film or some sort of modern action yeah. film right where you're expecting those types of things it also then seems you know the next thing is you're like okay well it's a set like this you've got swords and spears and fake weapons and and all those sorts of things well, yes, but if one of those were the culprit, I would expect one, maybe two people to be injured, right? It was a it was a hand to hand co- it was a, a a combat maneuver that didn't go the way we thought it was going to, and one guy accidentally stabbed the other guy, yeah. right? Not six people. Six people aren't getting injured because <laughs> the sword fighting choreography was a little bit off. Yeah, unless it was really off. My guess, and this is this is a wild speculation, I got nothing to base this on, is that some sort of Colosseum-esque animal, be it a lion, be it, you know, whatever, was maybe having a real bad day or was not as trained as we had hoped it was, or somebody slapped the lion on the back because they're an idiot, whatever it is. And I don't don't even necessarily think this is like the most likely scenario. This is just like my wild speculation is maybe a lion just went ape and I don't know, went on a rampage, right? Like, what is the type of thing? What is an injury that could cause enough damage to multiple people? But then maybe also some minor damage to a few others, right? Like enough that's like, okay, you need some stitches. But the other person's like, okay, we need to operate on you. We need to put a tourniquet on you. We need to, you know, I don't know. Again, I don't think it's the most likely scenario. That was where my thought went very initially too. It was like a a lion, a lion did something crazy. Yeah, because they say a stunt. It's not like a a piece of set fell over, right? Because that'd be one thing. Like something fell over and crushed some people, but that's not- not like somebody had live ammunition in their gun. Yeah, right. Uh, but but that's not you know the, the quote but, specifically says a planned stunt sequence. So yeah. I think that so, okay. also rules so, out the set my, falling my, apart. My I don't know about you, but I read the article and I had that thought. That was the first thought I had. I was like, oh, like a horse or maybe a lion 
uh, kind of got loose. But then my mind just like spiraled down to like ludicrousy in terms of like what happened. So from there I went like, oh, but they probably wouldn't have live lions on set with the digital effects they could do. Oh, but maybe it was like a chariot, like ramping off of something and hurting people and like the wires went wrong or something for the guys. And then, but then, and then I was like, Oh, what if they like intentionally gave eight, six or eight of these stunt people sharpened weapons and was like, go to town. Wow, that's... my mind went to what if it was a real lion and they set it loose on six or eight guys and said, defend yourself. So you very quickly went from plausible <laughs> to completely bad shit crazy. Went, my thought process went crazy and it was yeah. a really fun ride. Because it. Because it obviously is not those second two. No, it's definitely not those things. It's just funny that like my my thought process kind of divulged down this like chaotic, crazy, psychotic almost path, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it yeah. and it circled back to the lion thing, which I already knew was impossible. <laughs> I do well. No, but just, I mean, yeah, and yes, I think like yes. it's 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 sad that these people got hurt. Yes, it's a risk of their job. They knew what they were doing when they. they but, and the only reason my mind went there is because I know it's impossible. Yeah, it's just kind of like a fun. I don't know. I think there is merit to your chariot <laughs> idea, though. Yeah, that Especially that one's plausible. I think if there's if you've got a scene where there's like four or five chariots, if something goes wrong with one the likelihood goes up that something's going wrong with the rat, right? One swerves and crashes into another one, which causes that to hit the next one. And just think of like the, the chariot race from Ben Hur, like like some of the Mm -hmm. crashes they did in that man, like it'd be very easily for people to get hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Well, hopefully everyone pulls through. I still don't know about this film. I mean, I, again, I know lots of people who are excited about it and I know lots of people who are sitting there going, uh, what? <laughs> like, yeah. But it doesn't sound like, I don't think, because in this film, I mean, we have Paul Mescal, we have Pedro Pascal, we have Denzel Washington, we have Connie Nielsen. So I think, I think it's probably safe to say that it wasn't any of them that got hurt. And in reality, it could be their stunt doubles. Yeah. Um, but I think Being we would it know stunt, it if was probably all stunt doubles. I don't think any of those people are known for doing their own. No, stunts. but again, like if Pedro Pascal was was had been hospitalized, I think we'd we'd know more. Yeah. We'd have heard yeah. something about that. There'd be so. more information. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. All right. So, Avatar. Yes, Avatar: Way of Water on Disney Plus. Ah, Pete, Pete and I crapped on the first one for a very long time. <clears throat> very, very long time. Then we reviewed it for the show, which means I rewatched it for the first time in like 10 years. Um, and I was like, you know what? I don't think it's as good. It, it, it's overhyped. It's overrated. It doesn't, it's not as good as people think it is. 
but it it also doesn't deserve the crap I've been giving it. It's not as bad as I, you know, it it it, it was just kind of cool to hate Avatar, and and I was like, well, you know, maybe that's not so cool. Avatar: Way of Water, I thoroughly enjoyed. Like, you know, it still wasn't. It's not like my movie of the year, but I was like, oh, okay. You know what? I may have drank a little bit of the Kool Aid now. I may be on the hype train, and I am looking forward to the next one because I like what you did with this. I like the way that you took it and changed it up, and now it was about the water Navi, and now that we know that the next one's about the fire Navi and that you're going to kind of work through these different elements. Okay, I'm I'm on board. Now, Avatar 2, The Way of Water, was riddled with release delays. And not because there was necessarily problems on set, just because the Avatar series, as has been James Cameron's way in just about everything he does, has been groundbreaking, pushing the industry to new limits, doing stuff that nobody's ever done before, biting off not necessarily more than they can chew, because they seem to have chewed it every time so far, um, but biting off a very big, chunk of this chocolate bar uh and it's so it just kept getting delayed and then obviously the pandemic played a role in that as well caused it to be delayed a little bit further uh but it took us years took us over a decade well over a decade to get avatar 2 now we were supposed to get once avatar 2 came out because he had been he had shot avatar 2 and 3 i think at the same time and once they were finished with all of the post-production on Avatar 2, they were able to move immediately into the post-production on Avatar 3, and that we knew that 4 and 5 were probably not going to be, that these weren't going to be as long of a wait as we had the first time, because it wasn't going to be as big of a leap in the technology and what they were trying to do and so on and so forth. So we were supposed to get Avatar 3 on December 20th, of 2024, next Christmas. So two years out approximately from Avatar 2. Well, there's been a delay. Are you surprised? <gasps> Are you Shocker. surprised that an Avatar movie has been delayed? Stop the presses, call the president, hands down, pants down. I am shocked. I'm suing. <laughs> it's been delayed by almost... A full year. Full year minus a day. December 19th, 2025 is the new release date for Avatar 3. Now, it's a delay. It's not a mat. Like, as delays go in Hollywood, it's on the larger end, but it's not the largest we've ever seen, and it's not earth-shattering. It's not something, especially for a film of this caliber with this kind of post-production process, um, it's not a delay that that we should look at and go, oh, the movie's in trouble. No, no. It's, you know, it could be one of a hundred different things. They want to spend a little extra time working on this. And you go, wow, a whole year is more than a little bit of extra time. Well, I mean, yes and no. (laughs) When you factor in that, like, you know, one scene can take 
three months of, of you try animating that hair tw- exactly right <laughs> now what's more of a shocker here and it does genuinely i'm not being facetious this time it does genuinely come as more of a shock is we did also have release dates for avatar four and five avatar four was to come out december 18th 2016 <clears throat> right and Ab- Ab- avatar five was supposed to come out December 22nd, 2018. So for... Wow, I missed them. (laughs) So, oh, what'd I say? 2018? 2028. 2026 and 2028. Did I say 2016 and 2018? Yeah, I did. Yeah. 2026 and 2028. I didn't watch them. Um, And so that was was kind of the promise, right? The promise was Avatar 2 is coming, and then all of the sequels for Avatar 2... Um, are going to be are going to come out after that in two year intervals, right? So we got Avatar two in December of 2022. 2024 was supposed to be Avatar three. 2026 for Avatar four and 2028 for Avatar five. Well, both Avatar four and five have seen delays as well, which kind of makes sense, I think, if you're yeah. moving. The second, or if you're moving the third one up to December of 2025, I think most people would assume it's unreasonable that you will see the next one less than a year, one day less than a year after that one. However, so that's not surprising. What is surprising is that both Avatar 4 and Avatar 5 have actually been delayed by three years. Avatar. Four will now come out December 21st, 2029. And two years after, on December 19th, in 2031, will be Avatar 5. James Cameron's going to be in his 70s. In his 70s. Uh, This, I don't know, what are your thoughts? I, again, it's not surprising to me that an avatar film has gotten a delay that's that's not uh actually hang on james cameron is 68 now which means he's going to be he'll be in the second half of his 70s he's going to be pushing 80 when avatar 5 comes out um it doesn't surprise me that that an avatar film or that multiple have seen a delay what does surprise me a little bit is the 3 year delay for the th- fourth and fifth one that's a hell of a that's a hell of a delay and puts us back to you know almost 10 years almost another decade before we will finally finish this franchise what are your thoughts my thoughts are that i am still disappointed that he would stoop so low as to steal the titling of his movies from a kids tv show (sighs) but he didn't the kids TV show came first. Yeah, but the word avatar and what avatar means <laughs> okay, hang was on. around long before that. <laughs> the first one was called the first season was Book of Water. The second season was Book of Fire. You tell me who's wait, was no, the second one was Book of Earth. Never mind. <laughs> He's got he switched the order around, but it's still the same. No. I I, it's, I don't really care if they're delayed or not. They're gonna come out when they come out, if they come out. I mean, <laughs> this is like, this is like getting hyped over a, um, 
Disney Star Wars properties that are announced. <laughs> what's what's the point? Yeah. So you think it's still a maybe as well, to whether I'm sure, or not like it's James Cameron. If James Cameron's working on something and it's probably gonna unless he dies, it's probably gonna see completion. Just takes time. So I I have faith that these will be completed, unlike Star Wars Disney projects. But <laughs> uh yeah. Um yeah, I, I I mean he's gonna take the time he needs to do them. Yeah. He's, he's like for those that, that follow video games, he's like what Bioware used to be, like what the Bethesda is. Like the game's gonna be done when it's done. The movie's gonna be done when it's done. We're not gonna rush it be, based on some of his timeline. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think the reason for three years could be though? Like uh, it maybe suggests himself a cushion for yeah, you think so? new technology and stuff. I don't know. Because then, I mean, ultimately what could happen is like <clears throat> if he overshoots on the delay, then there's a possibility that later down the road, he can actually move it up by move him up by a year. And then that'll, that'll be good press. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, speaking of moving up release dates, probably one of the most exciting pieces of news that I've gotten, I would say the second most exciting piece of news that I have gotten in terms of movies in the last five years has been... The first one, obviously, being that Michael Keaton was returning as Batman. Hands down, that was that took the cake. Nothing, nothing was going to be more exciting to me than that. Second, in a very close second, was the announcement that Hugh Jackman would one last time again, again one last time, again for the second time, for the last time, <laughs> Don... The Claws, that he was reprising his role as Wolverine in Deadpool 3. I I will never forget seeing that announcement. Like, the world was shook. The internet broke. The movie news outlets were, like, changing their underwear. It was, it was like, yeah. it's just crazy. It it was teased so much by the two of them before it was even official that because they were doing all these kind of back and forth things that when they did announce it, it literally seemed unreal. Well, and I mean, the two of them, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, have had the greatest fake online <clears throat> feud in history. Yeah. It has just been hilarious to watch the two of them go back and forth at each other. Um, and... So, yeah, so I, all of a sudden, as soon as they announced this, the countdown for Deadpool 3, not only a Hugh Jackman as Wolverine across from Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool movie, but also the film that's bringing Deadpool into the MCU. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big it's deal. Cool. And we got our release date, and our release date was November 8th, 2024. Okay. All right. Yeah, you know what? These things take time. Okay, let's do it. However, that release date has been now moved up 
to May 3rd, 2024. Ooh. A full six months, which means... Wowza. Are you ready for this? We are less than a year away. We are less, officially less than a year away from Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in Deadpool 3. I, this is, it's like, honestly, it's like Christmas. Like it gets me (laughs) very excited. I'm like, okay, yes, faster. Let's just give it to me now. Let's, let's do this. Now, there's been some speculation online. Well, what does this mean? Are they cutting corners? Are they, what does it mean? How, where did you suddenly find an extra six months to, to be able to cut? I don't think, personally, I don't think this means any corners have been cut. I think that, you know, these, these, um, these release dates, these timelines are set years in advance and quite often scheduled down to the day. Um, but filmmaking is a very fluid process and sometimes you don't end up needing, sometimes you need a lot more time than you thought you were going to. Sometimes you don't need near as much. You're ahead of schedule. You got, your shooting didn't take near as long as you thought it was going to, um, because of some changes you've made. It's not going to be as effects grueling. You're not going to need that extra time for whatever. And... It's possible that there's pressure from Bob Iger and Kevin Feige of like, okay, hey, this is what we're, you know, we've had to make a couple changes to the MCU, and we need the story elements that, because make no mistake, because this is an MCU film now, there will be as much as, you know, there's writers on this film, and Ryan Reynolds has a say, and like everything else, Kevin Feige has also had a say. As Kevin Feige does with all MCU films, it will be, okay, these are the four things, these are the three things or whatever that we need to have happen in this film so that it progresses the story of our greater universe, work within those parameters and go have fun. Um, and so I think that's possible as well. I don't know. Carl, what are, what's your anticipa- anticipation? What's your anticipation level for Deadpool 3? How excited are you that this has moved up? And what say you as to be potentially the reasons that we've now gained six months? Um, yeah, so I would think it's, yeah, I'm excited about this. This is, this is cool news. Um, uh, I'm going to, I'm looking forward to it, but, uh, as far as like speculation, I think I, I would lean more towards the camp that this is probably like a, yeah, like they, they need this for story elements for the MCU sooner than like the MCU has been notorious, especially the last several, um, phases of kind of rearranging things for different reasons. Um, COVID was one of a big reason for that, but um, they've, they, they did it before too, but like, so this kind of shuffling of when movies are released, is not new to the MCU. So I feel like this is probably like one of those shufflings, like 
oh, this this is going to fit better here because we need to tell these stories after. Um, it's going to work better for our overall plans. And if it's not that, <clears throat> it's <clears throat> uh, I would say there's probably a good chance that um, maybe they just we're looking at kind of the lineup of films coming out in November and we're like, this isn't going to work for us. It's, it's, it's a loss for us to release this in November. We're competing against ourselves or we're competing against something that's not worth competing against. Let's push it to an earlier slot when we know we're, we, we're going to have a stronger showing at the box office. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, either, that happens it's a lot for story or it's for money. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot where, <laughs> where they're like, okay, like this is what we're competing with. And yeah. is that something that we want to do? And quite often the answer is no. Um, and sometimes it's, ah, oh, we can take them. We can yeah. take them. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what the reasons are because right now, slated for November of twenty twenty four. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot, there's a lot there that you wouldn't want to, and not even necessarily November, but like two weeks before and two weeks after. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff you wouldn't want to to get in the ring with. Yeah. I think. Like they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna, so I just Googled it real quick and there's, is Brave New World supposed to be November? No, you gotta, you're looking at the top thing again, aren't you? Uh, You gotta stop putting your, you gotta gotta stop stop putting your faith in that. You need to stop that. uh, Brave New World is July. What's Movie Insider say? Um, I believe there's right now Sony's secured a slot for Gladiator for that. Two. Yeah, Gladiator Two. Gladiator Two. Gladiator Two. But but I think Sony <laughs> people, could be. People got hurt in that. They don't want to compete against it. Yeah, <laughs> Sony could be one though, right? Like if that's the Venom Three date, or if that's you know, it there's could an be untitled Disney animation supposed to come out that month. Yeah. Yeah. So that. there's there's a lot there. There's a lot there that you you don't necessarily want to to get in the ring with. But um yeah. Either way, I'm super excited. I cannot wait. Yeah. I mean, I just that's a movie we have to see together. You and I in the theater. All all thigh gropey. No, that's Pete's you know. thing. Let's leave that in Pete's. Okay. That's, that's Pete's thing. I'll I'll I'll, wanna... I'll I'll buy a seat behind you and I'll massage your shoulders. That sounds way better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to a topic that I know you're going to hate. <laughs> yes. Uh, every time I get to put something like this in the show notes, it it brings me great joy because I know I know that you're just gonna roll your eyes at it. Uh, we are in the era of Disney live action remakes. Now, listen. I went to go see two weeks ago. I went to go see the live-action Little Mermaid in the theater. And I had a great time. I really did. And I think, you know, is it is it as good as the animated one? 
in in a couple of ways, no. But in some ways that I think really matter, it's better. I think it's better. It's got a better ending. There's a couple of moments that they unpack a little bit more. It's like 40 minutes longer, so there's more time to sort of unpack some things. And and there's more motivation to Ursula, the villain's kind of like the way the way she's doing things and why it's working the way that it's working and, and, and you know, what, what the whole deal with her stealing Ariel's voice is that it's in, in the animated one, it's just like, wow, I, you know, took her voice, took her voice. Cause she has a nice singing voice. And if she doesn't have a voice, then it'll be harder for her to, to woo Prince Eric and you know, all this stuff. Whereas in the live action one, they're like, no, no, this is, the, the reason she took her voice is because it's the mermaid magic. It's the siren song. It's the ability that a mermaid has with her voice to lure in men. And yeah. so, like, they, they really, they really unpacked it. Animated. But the animated, she still has motive. Like, she, she yes. turns, she'll, if she doesn't woo Eric, then she turns into this, like, little sea slug and becomes her prisoner. And Yeah, and, and I mean... Yeah. And that's still all there, but they just, they were able to unpack things and add some context to some stuff in in ways that were really, really great. So, and having said that, Disney's live action remake thing, I've said this a thousand times, has been hit or miss. Track record wise, it's been kind of hit or miss. There's the Cinderella one which I enjoy thoroughly. I think the Cinderella movie is fantastic. Um, I seen it. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, I enjoy quite a bit. I have some big issues with it. I think there's some. One. I think the there's some goofy <laughs> moments that I really wasn't a fan of. Um, the Aladdin was fantastic. That one was good. That was it. I was thought so the ending good. was a little. The departure in the ending was like making the bird massive and stuff that felt a little odd but yeah it's still, yeah still it, it still fit because it's like magic and stuff so yep. it's not it wasn't it didn't wreck the film no um so that was that one was fantastic um the they did a direct disney plus lady in the tramp i haven't seen it but i i they haven't did? heard great things um the tom it. hanks pinocchio That's, i haven't seen it was apparently not very good um, the, yeah, now this is where it gets weird because people go, well, what about the live action Lion King? There is no live action Lion King. People are like, yeah, yeah. It came out, came out a couple years ago. You guys <laughs> reviewed it on the podcast. Right. But it's not live action for those who they don't didn't, know. They didn't use real lions. <laughs> they didn't use real anything. So everything that you see in that film, with the exception of the very first shot, the very first shot of the film where the sunrise is happening and the music starts, that is an actual sunrise that they shot. Every other pixel on screen is computer generated. None of the environments are real. None of the trees are real. None of the animals are real. Nothing. So with the exception of one, like, four-second shot, nothing about 
that Lion King is live action. It is animated. And if you're going to lose your crap and be like, why didn't they get real lions? You try getting a lion to eat a slug. Yeah, you do that and you have, all of a sudden you have six people end up in the hospital and your production gets shut down for a couple of weeks. Exactly. Nobody wants that. Uh, Well, listen, in the vein of live action, and I'm going to put quotations around the live action because I'm wondering and almost willing to bet that this is them going, oh, it's live action. But in reality, it's going to be much like what The Lion King was. How can it not be? How can it not be? Disney has announced a live action, again, quote unquote, Bambi. Now, I have not seen Bambi in a deer's age. Like, <laughs> like I was probably six or seven the last time I saw Bambi. Very long time. Um, it's it's iconic, right? Everybody talk like everybody knows what Bambi is. Even the people who haven't seen it are are well aware with the concept, the the imagery of Bambi. But this is a weird Disney remake to me. A lot of the others have made sense to me. Now, whether we people have asked for them, whether people want them, blah, blah, blah. That's neither here nor there. But the others have made sense. Lion King. It's so beloved. Lots of people's favorite Disney movie is Lion King. Short. Sure, do, do Lion King. Aladdin makes sense. The Little Mermaid made sense to me. Beauty and the Beast made sense to me. When is the last time you encountered someone who would openly say to you, oh, my favorite Disney movie of all time is Bambi? It's just kind of like it. Bambi falls in this weird zone where everybody knows it and everybody holds it in high regard because it's Bambi. It's so old. It's one of the originals. It's a big yeah. deal. It's but a classic. Does anybody? But it's not really a favorite. Actually, love the movie Bambi. <laughs> I, I would. I would take it a step further because, like, I remember that I have seen them film, and I assume you have too. Again, yeah, but, not. Since. But can you tell me what happened? Tell me the storyline. You I know. Could probably tell me the first fifteen minutes or so when you know, spoiler, <laughs> Bambi's mom dies and he meets Thumper and he meets all yes. the other wilding creatures and what I know. What happens after that? What I know I in this know. film? No, exactly. I, don't I know, know that there's a character. He becomes uh, an a, adult at some point and falls in love. I guess I I don't know. <laughs> there's a bunny named Thumper and there's a scene where Thumper has a song with a young Bambi. I know that. I have that image in my head. And yes, I know that there's a moment early on in the film where the animators stop drawing Bambi's mom. That's what I know. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's what happens, right? The, yeah. the hunter like, doesn't shoot Bambi's mom. The animators scenes, just stop drawing him. I vaguely remember scenes of Bambi being adult and adult, I think. But See, and I can't the, even picture thing. that. Like, I, I haven't seen it in so long yep. that my mind could just be creating these scenes in my head. 
to to yeah. fill and I can, gaps I, of what the film is. I I don't know. I can't even I can't even picture that because when I say if I were to say to you, <laughs> if I were to get a thousand people in front of me, thousand people who are, you know, whether you're good at drawing or not, it doesn't matter. A thousand people and I would say, yeah, draw Bambi. A thousand and one of those one thousand people are gonna draw Bambi as a baby. Yeah. That's the that is the image. So I don't yeah. I can't even For picture all adult we Bambi. Know, for all we know, the real the story of Bambi is a revenge flick on the hunter. <laughs> Maybe. Because I think there's a sequel. I think there's a direct-to-video <laughs> sequel from like the 90s or something. Probably. But anyways, Sarah Poli is directing, who a lot of people are going to go, who? Uh, yeah, but you shouldn't because Sarah Poli is an Academy Award winning director for uh, Women Talking. Yeah, yeah, won the Academy Award for name. Best Adapted Screenplay. <laughs> so there's that. So he's got so, act, he's got directing chops, but he's yeah, not a household so, I mean, name. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. If if you're you know she's she's won an Oscar, and so yeah, if you're gonna get talent, get someone who's got an Oscar on their shelf for sure. For sure, that makes sense. Um, I, this is going to be an interesting one for me because again, I don't know. What it'll boil down to, because again, I don't think anyone's favorite Disney movie is Bambi. And so what it will boil down to is, will the iconography of Bambi be enough that when this thing hits theaters... <laughs> will the first 15 minutes be enough? iconography of Bambi? <laughs> yeah, be enough that, that people are going to you know want to go see this. And second of all, you know... For the most part, you would think, oh, it's a live-action Disney remake. We're going to take our kids. You know, part of it is largely for the adults who grew up with the original, but also take our kids. If I remember correctly, again, having not seen it in a very long time and not really remembering Bambi, even in the animated one, Bambi's mom getting shot is pretty dark. Like, not just from a concept standpoint, but like, you know, they don't like show Bambi's mom lying there bleeding out, but. Yeah. It's I, still. Yeah, it's I remember a, it being a, scary a sad scene. moment. Like, in terms of like graphicness, I don't think it's that bad, but it, it's portrayed as being a dark, dark, kind of somber moment. Right. No, it's the same as like Mufasa's death, right? And. Yeah. I don't. So, th I think I don't think it's near as bad as when Littlefoot's mom dies in Lamb Before Time, but it's, <laughs> it's still sad. Steven Spielberg directing a Lamb Before Time live action remake. Um, I would I watch that. <laughs> I would watch that. Oh man, a live action like break out all the old um, uh, uh, Jurassic Park props and dinosaurs. Oh yeah, yeah, all the old animatronics. Yeah, yeah, I'd be all over that. But okay, so I'm they're, against they're, I'm against remakes, except, except for a lot before time directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and Steven Spielberg's condition they'd be like, Steven, we would like you to do sorry, not Steven, Mr. Spielberg. We would like <laughs> you to do a Lamb Before Time remake, live action remake. 
And Steven Spielberg would be like, uh, yeah, okay, but um, my only stipulation is um, that you allow me to actually, I want, we need to sign a contract for all 17 of them um, so that I can do a live action remake of all 17 Land Before Time films. Because I'm pretty sure, hang on, 17 was There's sort a of a, lot. Sort a, of a lot. facetious stab in the dark, but how many Land <laughs> Before I'm not gonna Google it. I want to be time movies are there. What you there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. So okay. I was a bit of a dick when I said seventeen. I will admit that, big of a dick. that I overshot by three. Uh oh, yeah. We're going down a rabbit hole here, but have you seen any of the later ones? <laughs> No, I, you know what? I've seen maybe only the first one. I seen one of the later ones. I don't know what it was. It was definitely like after the third one, probably like a fifth or sixth one. I saw the, I saw the secret of Saurus rock as well. Which one is that? One, two, three, <laughs> four, five. That's the sixth one came out in 1998. Okay. So maybe we saw the same one. I don't know, but it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, by comparison to the first one, it had lost all the heart and soul that made the first one amazing. See, I didn't grow up with them. Like, I would have watched any of the ones that I watched. I would have watched, like, I was probably at least, like, 14 or 15 by the time I saw them. Um, and so I think, you know, uh, they were always destined to be bad because, like, I like Land Before Time, the first one. Yeah. But any potential nostalgia factor that would be a redeeming quality for those other ones for some people. I just didn't have that. So it was never going to, yeah. you know, yeah. so the, the original land before time I had on VHS as a <laughs> what kid. What are we even talking about? <laughs> I can, I can clearly, I, it's, it's the only VHS I know without a shadow of a doubt has visible degradation on a rewatch from the VHS. We watched oh, really? it so much as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. That for me, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't, I mean, for me, that was Toy Story. That was the first Toy Story, also The Lion King. I think I watched, my mom will tell stories. I watch Lion King every single day. Like every single day, Lion King was on. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you heard it here first. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> is um, fan, doing fan casting of a lifetime <laughs> is doing is doing land before time the live action the live action reboot and george lucas is coming out of retirement to do the brave little toaster um so <laughs> a live action brave little toaster yeah oh man you should on your youtube channel just do like a tr live action trailer for brave little toaster oh man just film my toaster. It would take and you my like vacuum. ten minutes to shoot. You need to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, only if you'll voice. You got to voice someone because I'll need you, voices. You give me a script and I'll I'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So what the hell were we talking about? What is this? Okay, Bambi. Bambi. Yeah. So Bambi. I don't. You know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see how dark they go with Bambi's mom dying. Um, yeah. It'll just kind of. I don't know. I don't know. All the other, even the ones that have tanked, 
Even the even the live action Disney movies that have not done well, I have looked at most of them prior to release and thought, yeah, I think this stands a really solid chance. Like I think this is going to do well. I mean, you know, look at look at what it is. This is one where I don't know. I'm going to have to wait and see the trailer. Is essentially what it comes down to. I think that first ta- trailer will be very telling as as to what kind of um what kind of chances something like this has. But even at that point, it's still, it's not going to be a sure thing. So moving on, James Gunn. Now you and I, I feel like we're on this, this constant hunt for knowledge. And the knowledge that we're after is what the hell is a deal with DC moving forward? <laughs> like, what yeah. is canon and what is not canon and who is staying and who is not staying? And I feel like we are the super sleuths of, um, of that when it comes yeah. to internet movie podcasts. Uh, well, James Gunn was recently, re- actually recently did a couple interviews. He did a couple like hour long, sit on a <laughs> podcast and chit chat about the world and things that are happening. And the question, he talked about many things. Well, one of the things that came up was this character from an upcoming um, DC film, a DC film that went into production, shot, started shooting, started post-production, like is not part of James Gunn's umbrella. This is a film that predates James Gunn with DC. It's like The Flash. Yep, like The Flash, like Aquaman 2, um, like, yeah. But as the head of DC now, it's still, you know, he's kind of inherited this film. And he was asked about Blue Beetle. And James Gunn, speaking, by the way, to Michael Rosenbaum, who some of you will know as Lex Luthor from the Smallville series. It's a great uh, podcast he's got. It's a great podcast. Um, he, James Gunn said, the first DCU. So we should, we should specify the new James Gunn's universe. Up until this point, the DC movies... Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, all of those have been in what's called the DCEU, the DC Extended Universe. James Gunn's version is dropping the E. It's just going to be the DCU. Sounds very similar to the MCU. Yeah. So they're <laughs> not, whatever. They're not, they're not going to fight the... <laughs> the trend, the, um, the trend. Yeah, we're <laughs> when the when the DC universe cinematic universe started, they were t- really trying to buck the the we're not DCU because they're MCU. <laughs> it's like just yeah, why? Uh, and James Gunn's like, no, that's stupid. Even I can see that's stupid. It's going to be DCU. <laughs> so James Gunn said the first DCU character for sure is Blue Beetle, while Superman. Legacy is the first full DCU movie. Now, there's a couple of things to take out of this. Because on the surface, it's a little bit of a confusing sentence. If Blue Beetle is the first DCU character, how is Superman Legacy the first full DCU movie? And right now, ultimately, all we can really do 
is speculate. But that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going to do. You ready for some speculation? Shoot. What I think it means is that Zolo Maradunia, I've butchered that, uh, (laughs) who is playing Blue Beetle in the um in this blue beetle movie is also going to be playing blue beetle in the dcu moving forward okay and that this it it gets confusing because we've talked about how superman legacy a film that is being written and directed by james gunn is the first it is the it is the cinematic launch of the new dc right now there's um the Waller series, and what's the animated one they're doing? Um, DC shows animated. The one that's got... Um, I punched my microphone. It's the one that's got Weasel in it, and it's the, like the first thing that they're dropping. Um, I don't know. Anyways. Um. Yeah, don't know. Um. The uh, those those are the first things that are being produced since James Gunn took over. So what I think this means is that Blue Beetle, the Blue Beetle that you're going to see, is canon moving forward. Moving forward, this is Blue Beetle. That's canon. But what I think might be the case is that although this Blue Beetle is canon, the events of this film might not necessarily be. Does that make mm. sense? So the event, so you, we're, we're talking about uh, alternate universe blue beetle well kind of mentality yeah, here yeah and we're you know alternate we're going Earth. to we're gonna we'll talk more about this when you and i sit down to talk about the flash um and this is not you know this is something james gunn has come out and said that the flash is the the film that sort of resets the dc universe um and so I think ultimately what it will come down to is where in the timeline and will there be an indicator in the Blue Beetle movie that lets us know if this film takes place before or after the events of Flash. Because if it takes place before the events of Flash, then it's very possible for this to be the same Blue Beetle. And we're not going to go into details. Right now, we're just in the realm of what's already been speculated and revealed and whatever else. Um, if if the events of this film happen before The Flash, then it's very plausible for the actor to still be the same actor. Blue Beetle's the same guy. He looks the same. He acts the same. He's whatever. But maybe the events of this film never happened. Or did happen, but have now been erased. That's my speculation. Yeah. Just trying to make sense of what 
James, because it's kind of a cryptic sentence, as James Gunn has been. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a cryptic sentence. What do you think? Do you how do you interpret this this sentence? This yeah, the the DCU know. character for first DCU <laughs> character for sure is Blue Beetle, while Superman <laughs> Legacy is the first full DCU movie. I mean, you've you called us the super sluice of this DCU James Gunn nonsense that's been happening. Yeah, we know Dick. And, like, yeah, I don't feel like a super sleuth. I feel more like a super sleuth. <laughs> I don't I don't know what the heck I'm doing here. <laughs> I do, <laughs> I'm seeing everything that's coming out and I'm oh, reading God. the news and I'm just I'm, yeah, I don't I'm know. so like you, as soon as you think you've got it figured out, James Gunn says something and all of a sudden you're like, "Okay, that that's that's wrong." <laughs> I don't have it figured out. Apparently, <laughs> like what? What is going on? I'm so confused. I want to know. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I there's a there's a part of me that hears like I'm here her ta- listening to you kind of ramble there. I'm just I wonder. Screw you. Like I wonder. Is this just James Gunn? wanting the glory of the first DCU film. <laughs> like he really likes uh the actor for Blue Beetle and the script and the film and he he wants it to be included in his DCU but he doesn't want to give it the accolades of being the first <laughs> because he wants his film to be I mean <laughs> like I it's possible. The reason, one of the reasons why I would think that that's maybe not the case, though, is because because of the praise that he gave to Flash, right? Although he's not, although he's, although the Flash is not, well, see, now we don't know. I mean, parts of the Flash could be part of the new DCU. Um, and that's something we're going to talk about when we do our Flash review. <laughs> if we do the Flash episode, we'll dive into that. But the Flash yeah. does not clear anything up. <laughs> it doesn't clear anything up. Um, it creates a lot of questions. It, cre- <laughs> it creates more questions than it answers. But fun In but terms fun of questions. what is the DCU going to look like. But but fun questions. Questions I'm looking oh, they're forward great to questions. unpacking. They're yeah. great questions. Um, cr- but- like. You could fan you could fan theory a lot off that movie alone. What James Gunn's DCU is going to look yeah, like? Yeah, like Good God was our new Batman just revealed to us because that would break my brain. Oh um, man, that, but, that was but, that okay. Was but no, no, I let's not. Too. Okay, 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 okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but, but although although it's not necessarily part of the new DCU, uh, you know, James Gunn was very adamant that that the Flash was, in his opinion one of the greatest comic book films ever made. And so it doesn't seem like James Gunn is a guy that's got a lot of hubris, right? He doesn't seem like a guy that's beholden by this big ego that that would make him need to be like everyone, just look at my film. Look at my film. Look at the film I'm making, right? So I don't know. I, you could be onto something, um, but I, I, it gives me pause, I, there's things that give me pause with that theory. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not like sure thinking it as a, this, this is why by any stretch of the imagination, it's just kind of like, 
because we don't know so much, it's the only thing that I can put a finger on, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Just kind of like the hubris that is Hollywood. Would would he do this? It's plausible, I guess. I mean, I've got nothing else to go on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, moving on to our final topic. Sticking with The Flash, sticking with DC, and sticking with James Gunn's new DCU. Uh, you and I have both seen The Flash, and neither of us have told the other person if we like it, if if like it, that's all. We're saving that for our review. But um, James Gunn was obviously happy with it. We've heard from multiple people, whether it be Kevin Smith or it be Tom Cruise, um, that they thoroughly enjoy it. They think The Flash is a fantastic film. That film, of course, was helmed by Andy Muschietti. And it looks like Andy is sticking around in D.C. for a little bit. Now, this kind of follows a little bit of a trend that we've seen over at Marvel, right? That, that like, the directors at Marvel kind of tend to stick together. They, they form bonds with the studio, and, and you know, you kind of stick around, and you do several projects for them. Well, yeah. it is now official that Andy Muschietti will be the director for Batman, the Brave and the Bold. And it's it's hard for me to go into too many details about what I think about this without showing my hands on what I think about The Flash. And so I'm going to keep my opinions fairly limited here. Um, aside from, I think this makes sense. I think that if, you know, if this is a director that James Gunn feels sort of a kinship with he he likes the work that Andy's done and presumably then I guess the Flash movie may give us some indicators as to what kind of tone and vision James Gunn is looking for with his universe moving forward right if he's looking at a film like the Flash and looking at the director and saying hey I think you'd be a good fit for for what we're doing down the road. And I mean, that's it's high praise, I think, ultimately, right? Because it's not like it's not like James Gunn has said to Andy Muschietti, you know, you were pretty you did a pretty good job with the Flash, and we have a bunch of different characters that we're going to introduce, you know, some more niche characters, some stuff like that. Um, and we really think you'd be great to come and take a take a spin at one of these guys. He's handing him Batman. That's 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 big. <laughs> right? Like you don't give especially if you're relaunching your DC universe. If you're define redefining your brand, you don't just hand someone the keys to Batman, to the Batmobile. Unless you have all the confidence in the world with this director. So, I mean, at, at the end of the day, the bottom line is, is it's good? I think this is a good thing to see. Whether you like The Flash or not, I think it's a good thing to see because it means that DC is, is feeling confident in the direction that they're heading. They're feeling confident with the directors that they have, with the, the creatives that they're working with. 
um, and that things are full steam ahead. So ultimately, yeah, love or hate the Flash, I think this is a good thing. Carl, without giving away what you think about the Flash, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think this is a, a strong move for sure. Um, the, the quote here in the article from James Gunn, we saw the flash even before taking the reins of DC and knew we were in the hands of not only a visionary director, but a massive DC fan. Yeah, that's, I, I would say that quote is like on the mark. Um, uh, and if you want to kind of understand that more, I guess you'll have to listen to our flash episode when we do it. But, uh, yeah, this, this is a good move. Yeah. This is a very good move. And I mean, Andrew Mush, Andrew, Andy Muschietti has got a strong track record too. Like sure. He's done the flash. Um, but from a directing standpoint, uh, he directed Mama, which was a short film that not a lot of people saw, but it was a short film that turned into a feature film called Mama, which I'm assuming Carl has not seen because it's kind of a nope. spooky, spooky, spooky. I have not seen it. Um, he directed It, Chapter 1, and It, Chapter 2. Um, I saw Chapter 1. And what'd you think? It was good. It was really good. Yeah. Right? Like, really good. It Chapter 2, I had a lot of issues with. I And honestly, most of them were like, this is shitty CGI. Like, this just doesn't look good. Like, at all. Um, but, so we'll see. And then he's also attached to direct at least one episode of the Welcome to Dairy show, which is the television spinoff um prequel series to the it movies that uh that is yeah in the in the books so uh yeah i i have i have a lot of respect for andy muschietti i think he's a good director um and uh and yeah i i think this is a good move it's a good move Mm -hmm. that's it sir that's it that's all all right we done we done here thank you so much for listening make sure you check out our facebook instagram and twitter all listed down below Check out our Patreon page for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show as well as getting some fun little perks in return. Actually, I think Pete and I are actually recording a Patreon exclusive episode tonight. Um, So that's something that you're not going to want to miss. Little as a buck a month, man. Buck a month. Get on it. You can't even buy, like, with inflation, you can't buy anything for a dollar a month now. This is literally, supporting the Movie Men podcast is about the cheapest thing you can do. Look at it that way. Why why are you still listening to this? Go go do the thing. Exactly. And while you're at it, check out our merch page. Because people people need merch. A study was done. If you don't own merch... Uh, specifically Movie Men merch, but I, the, the article doesn't say, the, the study didn't say that because there was some copyright issues, um, but essentially if, if you just don't have it, your life's incomplete. Um, and, and, everything and in that danger. You, yeah, and everything that you think that gives you joy, like, you know, love and, and family and religion and music and culture and stuff, it's, it's, it's all a lie. 
um, unless you have merch. So it's definitely worth checking that out. Uh, yeah, and you until need that movie man hat to what? top it all off. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. To top it off. <laughs> uh, yeah. So until next time, we got a lot of stuff coming up, man. Our flash review. Pete and I are going to do the Mission Impossible Fallout pretty soon because we're gearing up. We're gearing up for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Also, something that has snuck up on us. I don't know how this happened, but we're just a couple of weeks out from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, so keep an ear out for that review. Man. And then you and I are doing John Wick in a little bit. I'm going to start working through the John Wick series. Man, it's just a just a a a, 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 a a geyser is the word I'm looking for. I kept I couldn't get past chasm and gorge, and I'm like, no, neither of those are right. A geyser of content. <laughs>